So a lot has changed since I've been in your church, in your sanctuary. The floor has been done in the sanctuary. Very beautiful. The high altar and everything has come forward. The stained glass windows over here, just a marvel at them. So what a great blessing, what a great treasure your church will be as you continue to hand on that legacy of faith for generations to come. I came to St. Raphael here in Old Mill Creek when I was a seminarian, a deacon, studying at Mundelein Seminary. So I was in the process of becoming a priest. So on June 6th of last year, I was ordained to the priesthood for the diocese by my bishop and then appointed to serve at another St. Raphael, the Archangel Parish. And there, in the immediate weeks following uh, that ordination to the priesthood and then moving into the parish and starting to do the work there, there came a point sometime during the summer, maybe it was July, maybe it was August, but one Saturday morning I was praying in the church, preparing for Mass in the afternoon, and as I was praying there, I couldn't help but think to myself, is this really real? Am I really a priest? Like, do I really confect or, you know, does Jesus really come in the Eucharist when I say those words? Are sins really forgiven when I hear confessions in the person of Christ in the confessional? You could say in a sense that some doubts overcame me. Not that I really doubted my priesthood or anything like that, but just to marvel at it. And it was that morning that I said to the Lord in my prayer, I said, show me the power or the reality of my priesthood. And it wasn't 48 hours later that God answered that prayer, that the doubt that I had was turned into certainty, and now the trust in the Lord that I have. It was Sunday evening, and we typically have a Sunday night mass at the parish, but during the summers we don't. And I just happened to be in the office doing some work um, for a journal article that I was probably a month behind in publishing. And working on that and finalizing it, I looked out my office window and I saw some people walking into the church. I'm like, well, why are they here? Then as I went to the copier to do something, um, I saw some, one of our religious ed coordinators, we have three of them, one of our religious ed people were in the building and I just assumed that the people who walked in were going to see them. But the religious ed person was surprised to see me on the Sunday evening. And she said, well, there are two people here. We just sent them away. They were looking for a priest, but you're here. So she sent one of her kids to go and retrieve that person and bring them back. And as they came back into the church, I started to speak with the couple that had come, a, a young woman and her fiancé or boyfriend, whoever it might have been. And as she was talking, she came because she thought there was mass, but there wasn't. But then she also wanted to have a miraculous metal blast. Now, I have a great devotion to Mary, and I asked her if she knew the story, and she didn't. And so I shared with her about the history of the miraculous metal. And in the time that we conversed back and forth, I came to realize, and Father Barron, now Bishop Barron, always said that the priest is a soul doctor. And so it was like the first time I was a soul doctor, you could say, because I was listening to the, the problems and 
I came up with a diagnosis. I thought in my mind, this is a person who probably needs or should go to the sacrament of reconciliation just because of some things that she had said. And I just slightly encouraged that, not in that moment, but you know, I told her, next week we have confessions on Saturday. I said, confessions are available by appointment. Maybe that's something you might want to look at. And she said, oh, Father, would you have time to hear a confession now? And I said, certainly. And this woman who came to the church seeking the Lord that day to go to Mass and to have this meadow blessed, she was really seeking the Lord, truly. And this was a moment of conversion in her life. She wanted to get rid of all the things from her past and to renew her love for the Lord. And this wasn't just a passing moment for her because in the months now that I've served in the parish, I've seen her at Mass and I've seen how God has worked in her life to transform her where she was at and to see how God changed her situation and now she's flourishing in the Christian life. So for me, that was that what I had prayed for, the, the sign, if you will, of seeing the reality, the efficacy of my priesthood. Today in our gospel, we hear about St. Thomas and how he doubts whether Jesus is truly risen. And he says, I won't believe unless I see the nail in his palm or the, the mark in the palm of his hand or the, the wound in his side. He wants to be certain that what has been said is true, rather than trusting. Now, I'm using the word trust because today is Divine Mercy Sunday. And at the bottom of the Divine Mercy image, it says, Jesus, I trust in you. And to move from doubt in our own lives, because we're searching for certainty. And then once we reach certainty, to continue to trust. That's a motif that I've started to employ in my life as I reflected on that experience with that young girl. And today, as we're gathered here, I think a lot of people have doubts, just like St. Thomas. And they could be religious doubts. They could be doubts about society and the future of America. It could be lots of different things. But I'll just talk about faith. In our world today, there's a lot of doubt, I think, about the existence of God, whether or not God is real. So today, as people who are seeking certainty, I can tell you, I think with great certainty, that God is real. I know God is real, not that I think, I know, and that I've seen God at work. What brings me down to this area this weekend is uh, a conference that was happening down the road for the Institute on Religious Life. They invited me to give a presentation on Mary and how she lived the corporal works of mercy. And there are consecrated religious who come from all over the United States for this conference. And as I was sitting in the chapel yesterday morning and they were coming in to say their own prayers. These are people who have given their life to God. And for me, they are icons or signs of the certainty that God is alive and working in their life, and that they've given themselves to God. The certainty that God exists. And so now to trust in that belief. Secondly, I think sometimes people can think about doubt about forgiveness. 
Sometimes it's, I've done something in my life that's unforgivable. God surely can't forgive me. But in our gospel today, we hear about Jesus breathing on the disciples. He says, he says, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. The divine mercy, Jesus talks about confession and the forgiveness of sins on this day in which the floodgates of mercy are open, flooding out to the world. No sin is unforgivable. And that's the great certainty that I think comes when we go to the sacrament of reconciliation. Because to hear those words at the end of of the prayer of absolution, I absolve you from your sins, there's certainty that God has forgiven us. For some of our Protestant brothers and sisters, and some of them have related it to me, some of my friends, they said Catholics have a great gift with confession because you have the certainty that you're forgiven because you hear those words. But if we simply tell our sins to God and don't hear those words, we can wonder, did God forgive us? So that's the grace, the power of the sacrament of reconciliation, certainty, and then trust in the mercy of God. Just lastly, I think a lot of people who live the Christian life doubt whether or not they can be holy people. They hear the story, for example, of St. Faustina, who received the message of divine mercy. They see the lives of Mother Teresa of Calcutta or some of the great modern saints of our time, and they doubt that they can ever be like them. But God is raising up saints in our day and age. Just at this conference alone this past weekend, there were two people that I think are living saints that were there. Father Seraphim Mikulenko, and then one of the professors from a different university in the States who was talking today. Just a great love, a great passion. You can sense his love for the Lord. And so that all of us can be saints. We can have that. So that certainty that we see that in the lives of those who have gone before us. And now for us to trust that God wants to do that for us. It begins with our own prayer life begins by coming to Mass, begins by showing acts of love, those corporal and spiritual works of mercy to others. St. Thomas gets the title as the one who doubted. And in our life, maybe we're a little bit like Thomas. We doubt the power of God and God at work. But as we hear the words of Jesus in our Gospel every weekend, to have the certainty of our faith, and to continue to trust the Lord all the days of our life.